Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Okay, uh, I think we'll get started. Um, Alrighty, so yeah, this is um, uh, Diving Into Crypto. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Fernandez. Uh, uh, Adlunum is an NFT integrated engaged to earn seed crowdfunding and ideal uh, launchpad with a proof of attention allocation model. Uh, so that's that's Adlunum, uh, and this is our Diving Into Crypto series. So the views of the guests are their own. Uh, and this is uh, not financial advice. So um, having said all that, uh, let's get started. Um, so our guest for today is uh, Lawrence Hudson. Lawrence is a computer scientist, economist with expertise in blockchain, crypto, NFTs, DeFi, AMM DEXs, smart contracts, decentralized applications, token getting, uh, pretty much the entire um, uh, crypto ecosystem, tokenomics, DAOs, uh, and of course, he is co-founder at Lunum. So uh, with that, I uh, would like to welcome you all to the show, um, Lawrence, and would you like to say a couple of words? Um, yes. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, it's great to be here. Um, I look forward to kind of an uh, interactive discussion of this situation that we're in right now and um, optimistic outlooks for what's going to happen. All righty. Great. Yes, absolutely. So um, yeah, fantastic. I think you touched on this a bit. Um, well, the topic for today is we're sort of going to discuss the whole, you know, uh, FTX collapse, uh, it's knock on effects, you know, what that means for the broader crypto ecosystem. Um, and, and sort of what, 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 your, what your thoughts are, you know, are, uh, outside of crypto assets, are there any institutional, uh, exposure here, uh, for, for individuals that have never bought or sold or held cryptocurrency, could they be impacted? You know, so I'm just curious, you know, what your thoughts are in terms of the impact of, uh, of, of this crisis we find ourselves in. Okay. Well, um, okay. Uh, it's, um. I mean, I think uh, the first thing I'd like to say about this situation is that um, everybody, um, this this was a massive con job from the beginning, and everybody, including myself, fell into the um, believing that um, this supposed crypto guy was out to... um, yeah, help us and, and implement regulations in the space uh, that benefited him, by the way, and then uh, proceeded to use other people's money to invest in his own company. And yeah, and, 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 and the, the bottom fell out. So, um, but I, th- I think from a bigger perspective that everybody's missing um, is that the, the bottom line is crypto blockchain technology came along, okay? And everybody, 
is, is, is trying to exploit it for their own purposes. And the same thing as situation we were in in 19, I would say 95, 96 up through 2000 uh, was where people saw the, the internet, they saw the capabilities and they came up with all different kinds of schemes um, to make it, to, to implement their own, um, their own ideas on it. And that's good. I mean, we, we need that um, to the point of where, you know, we were doing um, at that time, uh, pets, whoever got the domain pets.com was going to sell pet food on the internet and run a, a couple of million dollar commercial on the Super Bowl. Okay. So it's like um, all of these things kind of have to come around and come about to, to fulfill the promise of, of, of what I think is the real promise behind it is the democratization of, of the financial system. And just because one party exploits it and, you know, uses it for their own advantage, which we saw with the, with the, with the, uh, the traditional financial system with started with Lehman brothers in, uh, 2008. Uh, and this is similar, uh, similar kind of collapse that we're experiencing in the crypto world. But we got to keep thing is, I think the promise of, of crypto and the envision of the, the invention that crypto brought, brought along, which was simply being able to create an asset um, that's not copyable okay, and, and can be sent to another individual uh, by wire, direct, peer to peer. And so those promises are still there. So I would say that we all got fooled. Um, this guy was supposed to be, um, you know, uh, a savant. Um, he, he, but in reality, he, he was very new to the crypto space and he just took advantage and they, you know, and there's people out there that are, that we've got our, uh, our prisons full of people like that here. And that may be where he ends up. So anyway, that's introduction to the, to the situation, just Jason. Yeah, you know, I think um, I think it actually behooves us to sort of set the stage for people that maybe don't um, know the whole situation as it is and where we are right now and, and sort of what causes. So I think uh, maybe I'll just sort of briefly go over that for the benefit of anybody listening. So essentially, we're talking about the collapse of FTX. Um, and this and and the seeds for that was were sort of laid when um, when Sam Bankman Fried uh, Freed Fried um, went on and and essentially transferred about ten billion dollars uh, worth of funds to Alameda uh, Alameda, which which was their uh, sister concern. So Alameda and FTX have been sort of sister concerns. Uh, FTX is sort of born out of Alameda. And Alameda is their trading firm, uh, and FTX is their actual exchange. So Alameda uh, borrowed, which is, by the way, run by his, his uh, uh, Caroline Elson, I believe, was his ex-girlfriend. Um, uh, and I think maybe they were, they were not, they were still dating at the time when Alameda was, was, uh, was when this happened. But apparently he uh, transferred a significant amount of customer funds, essentially FTX user funds, about $10 billion worth, to Alameda uh, that was massively over-leveraged. Uh, themselves, uh, and then ultimately, 
um, there was a CoinDesk article that, that sort of brought, brought to account this very, very cozy relationship between FTX and Alameda. Uh, and that preceded um, CZ uh, and Binance, who, who, who happened to own a lot of FT, FTT tokens. Well, the reason they owned a lot of FTT tokens is because they were actually early investors um, in FTX, and uh, and 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 when they when they saw their share, they took they took all their payment in FTT, uh, and so they ended up holding on to quite a quite a significant amount of FTT tokens. And and when when CZ came across, uh, well, ostensibly when 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 the folks at Binance came across um, the the Coinbase article, they decided that that now was the time to probably liquidate some of their holdings. And so uh, CZ made an announcement to that effect, uh, which caused essentially a run. On um, on 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 FTX, with, with quite a few people basically uh, uh, withdrawing funds simultaneously, and normally these funds was would, would should be backed one to one, right? I mean, so a bank run really shouldn't be a problem for an exchange, uh, but but in this case, uh, since since FTX had already been gambling with with user user funds. Uh, and, and giving it to Alameda, uh, this essentially caused the entire collapse of FTX. Now, this is sort of uh, the 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 official story. There is quite a few layers to this as well. Uh, so it's been coming out over the past day or two that that uh, FTX could have had you know um, a hand in uh, the the collapse of Three Arrows Capital. Uh, certainly, the, the the founder of Three Arrows Capital has has alleged that. Um, that they that they were taking positions uh, opposite them, um, and and uh, in addition uh, that they that they could have had you know a hand in 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 the collapse of Voyager as well, uh, and and essentially the reason that they bailed out Voyager uh, was was because they realized that Voyager was still sitting on cash on hand, uh, and and uh, Sam Bankman-Fried needed that cash on hand uh, in order to shore up the losses in Alameda. So essentially, they bail out Voyager not because he was, you know, a good actor in crypto, uh, but more because he realized that there were funds still on, uh, still on uh, uh, Voyager's balance sheet that could be transferred to FTX, and and then they did proceed to transfer to FTX shortly thereafter, uh, uh, and then you know presumably it made its way to Alameda at some point, or or maybe it was just used to shore up FTX's own reserves. But essentially, this is sort of the 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 genesis of of the situation we find ourselves in today. So I'm you know I'm curious, um, uh, uh, Lawrence, because you you your view uh, seems all like like you like you think that maybe you know he was more misguided uh, than than criminal, and I, I think I'm leaning more toward the the, the criminal side. I mean, is that, um, did I characterize your view uh, c correctly, or do you, do you also think that, that that this is more criminal as opposed to just like wrongheadedness, lack of experience, or things like that? Oh yeah, I I would I would say criminal like like um the Bernie Madoff scheme basically. I mean, maybe it didn't come about like a Ponzi scheme from the beginning, like you said. You know, it started off uh good, but the the okay. So here's why I think it's criminal. Because okay, banking systems operate on on, on fractional banking, meaning that they can loan out the money of their customers. They expect if all of their customers came to get the money back from from your bank you went down there and and said i want a hundred thousand dollars cash everybody at one time 
the bank's going to collapse because they don't have all the money. They've lended it out. They've, they've lent it out. Okay. That's how a bank makes their money. They're under regulations. They have to abide by certain um, laws. There's, there's FDI insure. Oh, in America, there's FDI insurance that insures, I think up to a hundred thousand dollars of your money. So all of these things, things are regulated. An exchange is not a bank. So when I put my money, like I use Kraken, um, not advertising Kraken, but I've always used Kraken just because I, I, I like, I've tried them all and I liked Kraken. I, I, I never used FTX because I, di I didn't believe in it. But the point is when I put, if, if I put $200,000 of my money onto Kraken so I can buy different cryptos, trade cryptos and things like that. They don't have the right to use my money and give it to Alameda Research, right? They don't they don't have that right. I I expect my money to be there when it's there. So like you said Jason, there's a one-to-one -one relationship um between my money and me trying to get my money out. So it's supposed to the the, the funds are supposed to be there. And this is what you know, all the exchanges. So here's a, here's a little bit of a loophole. So Binance has come out with what they call uh, proof of proof of reserves. So to prove that, that they can back your money. Um, and, and, and many others are, are trying to do the same thing right now. Um, the problem with that is it's like proof by whose standards, right? So there's no regulation. Um, and I think, this whole thing of, of no regulation over an in, a centralized institution where you're putting your money into is not a good thing. So what I would say, it's like, um, uh, it's like, let's say the invention of electricity. Okay. So we, electricity was invented. All of a sudden people can have lights in their home, but there's gotta be regulations of how they put those lights in there, how they, they run electrical wires into the home. Okay, because if they do it shoddy, the building burns down. So there, there, there's there's a good side to that, and 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 we're on the we're on the frontier here. So we're going to see this kind of thing happen. And to to finally answer your question, Jason, yes, I think it was definitely criminal. I mean, he can plead innocence. I don't know what I'm doing for a wall, but um, I'm not sure how long that's going to last. So I do think it was criminal. Lean towards your thoughts, Jason. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think as far as I know, his both his parents are compliance lawyers. Uh, you know, so I mean, he's well. I mean, th there has to be a red line when you're when you're touching customer funds and you're transferring it essentially to your, you know, your 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 trading arm. There has to be that, that's a red line. I mean, on, on, that had to have been a red because I mean, it's, it says so even in there their terms of service that they don't consider the, those funds. But I think when, you know, it's, this could happen to other exchanges that are well-meaning because, you know, exchanges, uh, you, you routinely transfer funds for operational purposes between exchanges for where, for various different reasons. So for example, uh, you might have, you know, a, a liquidity partnership with another exchange where, you know, you're providing them USDT for local currency. Uh, so that might allow you to expand in, in, into a local country by creating a transposed market. But with the, lo with the local currency and Bitcoin, with the USD, with USDT being the base, uh, and maybe you're providing them that USDT on an ongoing basis. So it, it makes sense that, you know, people would be moving 
funds around uh and then and then of course you know things like like farming you know we see one of the biggest lenders uh overnight has has halted withdrawals right um genesis i believe um and 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 uh you, you know a lot of people a lot of people actually use genesis as a sort of system uh, for their yield uh so you know it, it causes uh, actually uh, you know it could it could the potential contagion from genesis itself is also pretty significant i think um but you know speaking of contagion what do you think about the 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 risk of contagion toward um uh toward you know general people that are not into crypto so so do you think that the 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 ftx collapse uh, the contagion that comes from the FTX collapse will be limited to the crypto industry specifically, or do you think it might bleed into you know other industries? I I think uh, to a certain extent it's going to bleed in, but I don't think it's going to be anything like the two thousand and eight financial crisis in terms of you know we didn't even have crypto then really right, so uh, it's it's not going to be to that level where the global financial systems coming. Um, you know, and in, 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 in possible collapse. So, but it will have some, 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 but we've got some other major macro factors going on in the world. So it's not, it's not just like crypto, right? So we've have, you know, we've got a war uh, trying to, trying to escalate to World War III. Um, we've got uh, an energy crisis We've got this in unprecedented inflation. The 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 the, the world economy is moving into recession. So I would think that, in my opinion, the crisis at FTX um, is not going to be a major contributor to that. I was just trying to back up and look at look at it from a kind of a you know a, a forty thousand foot view. I mean, everybody's sitting here. Oh my God what's going to happen FTX went under and all that stuff, but it, it, it doesn't change the overall promise of crypto and what crypto was about. I think it's a cleansing mechanism. Um, not for me, not being sure how much regulation or how that works. I mean, you know, um, SBF had, had, he was in with political people and he was trying to implement his own regulations and, um, yeah, so I, I, my, in my opinion, Jason, I don't think, and everybody, I don't think there's going to be major fallout in the institu financial and in institutional world. There's some effect, of course, because they had taken up positions. And it also, one more second on this, it might be where, you know, we have a, a lapse in institutional institutions wanting to invest in crypto. But from my perspective, in my opinion, I never knew or never thought of that as actually being necessarily a good thing that JP Morgan is is taking up positions in crypto. I mean, people do from a liquidity perspective and it drives the price up. But in reality, for me, crypto was about the the, you know, democratization of the whole financial system as a whole to where you know, whatever it is, two to three billion unbanked people in the world all of a sudden can walk up to a market, use their cell phone. Maybe it's a 1980 cell phone or something like that and and and, and, and pay somebody in crypto for a cup of coffee. So um, that's not going to that's not going to um, 
it's not going to deter that this invention. It would be like it would be like saying a house burned down from electricity installation uh, in, in or a building in New York because they didn't follow the rules of just being, you know, having moral standards of putting the thing incorrectly. Um, and now nobody's going to use electricity anymore. So that's kind of I just want to give a, an optimistic overall view of the whole situation. And um, and then I guess one more thought I will say is that these kind of guys come along all the time. He pulled himself off as a crypto bro um, that, you know, with with the big hair. And he, it was just a unique situation where he was able to just con everybody. And like Jason said, I didn't even know his parents were, uh, you know, in that lawyers in that in the regulation business or the. Um, so, wow. Um, yeah. And it's a it's it's, it's it hurts. It's going to hurt a lot of people. I mean, all the people that had money on the exchange that, you know, they lost their money. Um, so but again, back to the back to the the advice that everybody gives it's you know it's not it's not your keys it's not your coins so at, at some point you have it's great to use exchanges move some money on there make your trade and put the crypto back into your uh into your wallet your <coughs> and learn to deal with it that way but okay okay jason that's all yeah. i have for that no for sure i mean you know just just to add to the point you know about his his parents being you know compliance lawyers basically they 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 are the academics at, at harvard and have you know his well's mother is a is is a is a is some is runs a few political action committees uh and and is 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 very well connected politically uh but but his father certainly is, is is in compliance incidentally his girlfriend's uh father used to be the boss off Gary Gensler, who's currently the head of the SEC. How about that? Wow. So, so, so that's a little bit of a. Uh, uh, so, so if so, so you know, uh, if if people are wondering why the SEC seems to be going a little slow, I mean, you know, like that people have postulated that that could be a particular theory, possible theory. Uh, but you know, I mean, speaking and and you know that of course brings up obvious discussion of regulation. So, crypto is unregulated by design. You know, so what do you think this means for the future of crypto? One of the things, you know, I'd like to just to say before before I uh, pass it on to you is that people talk a lot about, you know, reg regulation, you know, the old oh, regulation would fix this. Well, I mean, the stuff that he's done is already criminal, right? I mean, misappropriation of customer funds, fraud, this stuff is already criminal. I'm not sure if, you know, th th this necessarily makes the case for regulation per se, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Um. Yeah, I mean, what, I guess I go back to uh, a statement I heard. Like I said, regulation is not necessarily bad, okay? But the problem, when you, when you say crypto was unregulated by design, I mean, it's kind of like, um, I mean, some of the first exchanges were not in America, right? So, I mean, in the United States, we're the, we're, you know, the dollar is, whether you like it or not, the dollar is the dollar and it's the, it's the reserve currency of the world. Um, and we have, uh, since the 1930 depression, um, which was due to the stock market collapsing from like unregulated speculation, people were borrowing money, which is basically what, what SBF did. Um, and, and, and it caused this collapse. And then they implemented all probably overregulated it. Um, even with the, with the, 
uh, I guess the 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 uh, the new regulations for going public in the United States are so ridiculous because um, they overregulated it. So I think regulation is not necessarily bad. Um, like it, it was the electricity example. That's the best one I ever heard. It's like if you just invent this thing and, it, and it's electricity, it flows into your house, it's energy. You know, you, you want the implementation of that to be regulated. But then there's another issue on top of this because it's, it's global, right? So the laws in Bali and the laws in India and the laws in Kosovo are different than, than so kind of, kind of, and, and, that, and that's why CZ with Binance is like, you know, I mean, supposedly he's getting a headquarters, but he always maintained, I have no headquarters, right? So it's kind of, this is a new problem. And I don't think regulation is bad but it has to be done with some kind of responsibility. You know, if, if they're going to step in and say, um, you know, Ethereum ETH uh, is a, is a security by United States standards and that's United States, right? It's, it's, but the problem is everything kind of disseminates from the United States in a sense sure. in the financial world. So um, yeah, uh, that's kind of how I, I've, I, my opinion on that, Jason. And everybody. I mean, the what the one thing about regulation is that you know you mentioned institutional money earlier, and you were saying kind of uh, that you didn't really feel like that there was a place for institutional money perhaps in crypto. And I mean, my thought has always been that institutional money tends to be, you know, more stable. So, for example, you know, pension funds. Uh, not that pension funds are able to really invest in crypto, but a lot of these uh, uh, funds uh, they tend to not be uh, not take out funds as quickly uh, as you know retail investors. Retail investors are quickly spooked. You know, uh, see a news article and, and they're out. But I but I feel like like institutional investors tend to keep their money there for longer and my view had been that that institutional investors might help stave off some of that volatility that said i've been looking at the volatility numbers just over the past couple of days like just yesterday for example and it's like uh we haven't seen this kind of level of volatility since the last crypto uh you know with the crypto bull run basically uh and 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 it's surprising because you'd imagine with all the institutional money that was supposedly in you know uh companies deciding to hold their treasury and and bitcoin things like that you'd imagine that you'd you know you that you wouldn't see this kind of level of but you know we're, we're seeing it yeah i was and in, and in, in, uh, no i i think it's good that you know, all the institutional monies from pension funds to the Catholic Church to, you know, which is huge, which all of these institutional funds have a little slice of their money that goes to VC uh, before crypto that went to VCs for high risk investments. Right. It's a small piece. And it's like it's like, uh, uh, you know, they're betting on one in 10. Right. To have a Google one in 10 or a, or a uh, Uber one in 10. Uh, for you know they know nine of the deals are gonna are, are, are not gonna pan out they're gonna they're gonna fail or they're just gonna be marginal deals so yeah there's a there's a little slice of that institutional money and I think that that should be played um I was hoping more to see the reserve currency of the world become Bitcoin where where they're actually dealing in in Bitcoin and 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 
I, I still believe that's going to happen because uh, just a quick fact here, the, the, the foreign exchange market. So if, if, if I'm a car company here in the United States and I want to, and, and uh, excuse me, in France, and I want to buy, well, no, reverse it. Sorry. I'm a car company here in the United States, like Ford or GM or one of these. And I want to buy tires uh, from um, Michelin in France. Okay, they don't want dollars. They want to be paid in euros. So I have to buy those euros. So that particular market is the largest market in the world. It's about probably somewhere now around $800 million a second. So it's, it's, it's the largest market by far. And Bitcoin makes all that go away. Okay, so they're, 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 they're you know, so it, 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 it does that, but we're just not there yet. It's like, um, so I, I, I don't discourage institutional money. Everybody gets excited about it. I was excited when, you know, when institutional money started taking, taking positions in, in, in crypto. Um, I was super excited, but it's the problem is I don't want, um, I, my, I don't want to see, um, crypto follow the normal investment market right so i don't want to see i don't want right. to see bitcoin go up when the stock market goes up i want to see bitcoin hold its own uh maybe maybe rather like yeah. gold uh and, and for for like our launch pad is the, is the same thing we're giving people the opportunity that would have never had the opportunity to invest in projects be involved in projects that they they're never going to get in the outside of crypto they won't ever get that opportunity so that's my my go my hope jason yeah for sure i mean bitcoin used to be a non-correlated asset and so so it moved it didn't move in tandem with 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 the stock market but we're seeing that we're seeing increasingly those those two those two tend to move in tandem so it it, it no longer is you know a hedge against uh you know uh contagion it's it's pretty much it's it's pretty much well in, in it's constant to the financial system to where you know you'll you'll see you'll see stock market swings like immediately affect you know the crypto markets within within minutes in, in some cases so it's it's it, for 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 good or ill that's the case but it's interesting i mean you brought up an interesting point about maybe bitcoin being the reserve currency and i and, and just, that's that's something that i'm you know gone back and forth about you know, quite a bit, and I think, and I think the 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 reason for my ambivalence is sort of uh, going back to you mentioned the two thousand eight financial crisis. Interesting thing about two thousand eight was uh, uh, the way the U.S. got out of the the two thousand eight financial crisis, which was basically TARP, right? So the Toxic Asset Relief Program, uh, essentially, you know, uh, uh, there was a bank bailout, and you know, uh, uh, the the Fed essentially bailed out, you know, several banks essentially gave 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 several uh, several banks a whole bunch of money, and and the public's confidence uh, was not so much in the banks, uh, all, all these assets, but the understanding that that the ultimate backer uh, of the, of these assets would be the federal government. They wouldn't let essentially they wouldn't let you know uh, another Lehman Brothers happen. Uh, and the reason they were able to do that is because as a central bank, the Fed was able to print currency, right? So they could literally print whatever right. they needed. 
to 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 flood the market with capital uh, at a time when capital was massively needed uh, and, and essentially stave off financial collapse. It's a really interesting documentary about it. I was just watching it yesterday, actually. Uh, uh, about the, uh, I think um, it was done by by uh, Vice. Vice did a fantastic documentary about the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, anybody here should definitely check it out. Uh, but but uh, but but that is not you know, unfortunately, it's not available to crypto, right? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be possible? Uh, the, the interesting thing, though, is, is you see, you know, uh, uh, the 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 U.S. dollar is a is an inflationary uh, asset, right? Well, Bitcoin is deflationary. Well, not, it's not not deflationary so much as a supply, uh, you know, uh, increases at a lower rate, right? But what that means is that we can't, you know, massively uh, decrease the supply of Bitcoin uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, cause the price of Bitcoin, therefore, to, to, to go up. Because it's not a managed currency. It's, it's, it's done fully on the market. Like, there's nobody that controls Bitcoin other than the, uh, the algorithm, right? So as a central currency, I think... There might be some issues because, you know, do, do we need, uh, I, I mean, I'm still wondering to to what extent, you know, the, the, the role of the Federal Reserve is a good one. And, and maybe something like that uh, could actually be beneficial. And what would that look like for crypto? If that if something like that had to had to happen, like the only thing I could think of, it would it would have to involve taking off taking off massive amounts of Bitcoin from the market. One could do that with Ethereum, I assume. So if one could fork Ethereum and then say, you know, that it was a managed currency to where, you know, if there was a there was some sort of crisis that you could you could you know massively decrease the supply or something. What do you think about something like that? Well, you gotta remember when you say the first thing is when you say reserve currency of the world. That's not by any regulation or any law. It's simply the fact that if Argentina borrows money from the United States, we have no interest, or, or Europe, let's say they borrow money from Europe, some country in Europe, that, that country has no interest in being paid back in Argentina dollars. I apologize to everybody from Argentina here, but I mean, I don't know what the inflation rate is, but it's, it, it's any other country. It's not just Argentina. So... Um, where they, they want to be paid back in some stable currency, some stable, something stable. And you're exactly right. I agree that the stability of Bitcoin right now, I think, is, the, is, 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 is kind of the issue with that, right, Jason? Because, because, right. because the volatility. But what's the, what, that, that's just a hope that all of that wasted money that goes between buying um, buying foreign currencies to pay for things, um, we, we go back into Bitcoin and that it, it, it's going to eventually uh, level out because it's, it's, it's deflationary, it's inflationary, it's, it's at some point totally scarce with no more being produced, right? So, I mean... Th right. Think about it. No matter how many bitcoins are allocated every ten minutes from mining, um, how many people lose their private keys and lose ten times more bitcoin than that? Right. So yeah. So but at the end of the day, it's a hundred millionth. Uh, you you can buy a, a you know a hundred millionth of a penny of a bitcoin. Okay. So I think there's some room to be had there, but. Um, yeah, what speculation? But I—that—that—that's th th the dream. That's the hope, uh, on my part, anyway. 
Yeah, and you know, going back a bit to the whole FTX situation, um, it's it's what's what's really shocking is you know they were able to raise so much money. They didn't have you know any investors on the board. None of the investors really were on the board. Uh, had very little control over this company. Uh, what do you think uh, an investor uh, should look at when they're looking at you know companies like this? I've done a lot of. Uh, um, you know, sort of evaluating of these companies and things like that, and, and a company like FTX would probably have have have, uh, have slipped to the cracks. What do you think that you know, so sort of investors should be should should uh, keep in mind going forward um, when when evaluating companies like this, like even even retail investors investing in the FTT token, uh, when, when evaluating something like this uh, in light of in light of the whole FTT collapse. Yeah. So, um, you know. I was involved in the the venture world before before um, crypto, so and it was a the, the venture capitalists um, were had a everybody they had a formula right. The formula was you got ten partners, they all trip, put into the fund two percent of their own money or three percent or five percent or whatever it is. The rest comes from some institutional uh, money, you know, a pension fund or whatever, or whoever they can get it from. And so now they've got a, let's say a $500 million fund. They're going to go out and invest in the and venture is high risk, right? So they're, they're going to, and they, but they had a formula and, it, and the, the, the formula worked. And of course, I, I, I never saw one deal where if, if you put a significant amount of money in the, into something, depending on the size of the deal that you weren't represented on the board much less them taking control of the company where they had the this, this deciding vote for, for the for the deal for the for the board so I mean Mark Zuckerberg's a, a good example of how how to avoid all that because it's built in he can't be fired. Yeah. so um, but the, the point so I, I think all of that like these guys rushing in and and like you said Jason and not even having a, a place on the board to oversee the, the board is the responsibility of the board is to uh to look out for the shareholders right your, your your particular shareholders that you're representing and um so but but it's like this panic rush thing where um where you know it's like the tulip market back in wherever holland whenever that was right it's like everybody's rushing to get in all of these VC companies, you know, turn themselves into into crypto VC companies. I mean, the, you know, the, I'm sure Pantera, who's probably, in my opinion, is the top, the top of the top of the top um, VC company, wouldn't have done that. Now, maybe they did, Jason. I don't know, and everybody. But the point is, like, there's some there's some kind of rules and um, and things that you go by that. When everybody loses their head and starts rushing into this hyped up situation where they're making a hundred x, okay, and and then they, they they somehow throw out the rules. So I think we need to go back and hopefully get back to the point where the rules aren't thrown out. Um, what, what one of the things, and I think this leads into one of the other questions, talking about what what projects are good, what projects are bad. Um, to invest in, and maybe they have representation on the board or they don't. 
But from a, from a crowdfunding perspective, okay, so, I mean, to me, um, in like the, comp- the kind of companies that we're going to invest in or projects, I would say, uh, with Adlunum is, you know, take, take a good look. Everything's transparent. Take a good look at the team. I mean, the first, when I call somebody up, uh, a venture capitalist or an investor, and I tell them about a project, the, the first question that always is asked, who's, who's doing it? Who's the team? So it's funny. That's just what all comes up. So w- looking at those things, um, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of my opinion of, you know, it was not it was it wasn't wise for these companies to invest in FTX that put up all and they've done it for many other companies too. Um, the problem is that see here FTX is propping up uh, Solana. Uh, you know they're propping up their one of their competitors in the Near Protocol. I mean, you know they're they're putting money into this and then FTX collapses, everybody else collapses. So it's kind of like, well, to me, this is a reckoning, like it's a cleansing. And it's and it, it, these things need to be talked about that we're discussing today to to to, you know, give them, you'd think these really smart people would know better than to invest in a company and not take a seat on the board or something like that. But when people get greedy and, and you know, they're, they're looking for that 100x return, um, they get a little bit a little bit not following the rules anymore, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it could also have something to do with, although I'm not really looked into this very much, whether, but it could have something to do with whether they raise funds via equity or via or via tokens, uh, and 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 also when, even even when it comes to equity, you know, I think I think Sam was uh, from what I hear, you know, would 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 essentially threaten to freeze you out of out of future rounds. Uh, and you know, I've seen that. Like, uh, I've seen it. I've seen entrepreneurs, uh, you know, treat their investors that way, and it's really, really dangerous, both from the investor perspective in terms of because oftentimes, you know, the investor capitulates, especially if it's a company like FTX. Um, but, but, uh, but also from the entrepreneur because then, then he's you know sort of drunk on power, and and uh, and and puts him in probably in a better negotiation position going forward but now that we're on the subject i'm curious and you mentioned you know ftx and 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 contagion what are your thoughts on genesis uh i, ju- I ju- just to set the stage for everybody again that's listening genesis global trading is one of uh, crypto's largest lenders it's an institution uh they announced uh yesterday that they would temporarily suspend redemptions and new loan originations uh in the lending business this is despite reporting you know, $20.7 billion in notion, notional value in derivatives trading last year in quarter four. And apparently they, they received like $140 million in, in equity infusion from the digital currency group. But I hear that they were like, I, I read somewhere that they would short 170. So that's still a 30, $30 million shortfall. But apparently it comes down to the, the access to liquidity right now. Um, and, and, you know, it, that their that their withdrawal requests have exceeded their their current liquidity. So I'm curious. Do you think? I mean, by the way, Genesis is is you know uh, is the Winklevoss's uh, uh, trading firm, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. Uh, do you think do you think that uh, um, 
you know, what are your thoughts on this? And do you think that this is this is just temporary? You think these guys are gonna, you know, uh, pull through, or is or is this the next FTX we're seeing? Yeah. So that question, Jason, in, in my opinion, is you know, how deep is the rabbit hole? Um, is it thirty? Is it forty? Is it fifty? I mean, the same thing that happened to um, to uh, FTX. It's like all of a sudden it's a it's a one billion dollar hole. Then the next day we find out it's three billion dollar hole then i mean what are we up to now nine billion so like how deep is that rabbit hole but i think the more important concept to be on a positive side and not just saying i mean they may go down but the okay here's here's why DeFi is different than cfi right all of these companies that are in danger that are, are going under are cfi companies Right. They're centralized finance. The, and the only reason that Sam Bankman Friedman Freed could get money out and put it into his own other company um, was because it was centralized. He had some keys that nobody had had. Nobody else had. Whereas right. DeFi, DeFi, hey, the people getting their money back first are not the are not the uh, the guys that instituted the fraud to begin with. Okay, or, or fell into did did a dumb thing, and and risked other people's money, so it's just like the two thousand eight financial crisis. I mean, yeah, we bailed all the banks out, and guess who got the big bonuses? The 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 um executives. Yeah, the executives. So DeFi prevents all that. So we really need to be thinking. There's a, there's a really silver lining to all of this, is that none of our basic and the reason we're all into crypto and we, we believe in it, that none of those basic instincts are gone. This is just greed showing itself in a way that is, is you know, almost unbelievable. So, um, so it makes for a good topic, but it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop what we're doing. It's not going to stop crypto. It's, 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 it's still a valid invention that probably one of the, well, it's the first time in human history where, engineering has met voluntary policy okay so yeah for sure it, it's that kind of invention it's all good and and back to the to to the original question was that yeah i mean th th how deep is the rabbit hole that these guys got themselves into <laughs> you know i mean you know the interesting thing is i'm i, I that you know talk about irony apparently genesis uh and and coindesk are owned by the same parent company so coindesk broke the article that started the fdx uh uh issue and um and turns out that uh that that it's it's come full circle and and now uh it's funny because they I, i'm i'm looking right now at an article that they've read about the genesis uh, debacle, which is just right. hilarious. I mean, it's it's hilarious in a well, in an extremely scary way. <laughs> well, you know, but another thing, Jason, is I'm not totally sure of this, but thing is, like, a lot of people were this. This all came from the collapse of Luna, right? So they were FDX had huge exposures to Luna, so it's like a cascading, you know. Um, uh, cascading uh, an avalanche and all these people affected whether it's uh 
uh, crypto.com or, you know, wh- whoever it is that's, that's affected. It's like they got tentacles into one another. So, yeah, I mean, that's, um, and, you know, and Luna, Luna.com, I mean, just, just to, just to the, the Luna debacle was based on an algorithmic st- stable coin, which it's, it's, I mean, n- nobody's come up and, and everybody invested in it, but nobody's come up with a real that I know of, uh, 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 you know, we're still experimenting with that whole thing. And now, and, but everybody's well, buying into it. Yeah, I mean, nobody has come up with an algorithmic stable coin that works. I mean, interestingly, I think Justin Sun and Tron released one. I'm not sure how that's doing. Probably not good, if I'm guessing. <laughs> I haven't really been tracking it. Well, but I mean, it it's, be, it's, yeah. it would be cool if, if it worked and everybody believed in it. Right. I mean, I'm, when I say everybody, you know, the majority, obviously they did. They, you know, they, so they were buying it. But at the end of the day, does it really work? We know a stable coin matched one to one with assets works. We know that uh, USDC, right. uh, hopefully USDT is not. I mean, I heard. I don't know how much USD. Yeah. I think FTX didn't they have the majority of the USDT, some huge percentage of USDT in their on their exchange. So I'm not I'm not aware of that. As far as I know, um, uh, FT uh, USDT is over collateralized. But you know, you're bringing up an excellent point. It's just it's like you know, not your keys, not your crypto. Uh, well, you don't own the crypto either, right? I mean, you're not F- you're not you did USDT, you're not USDC. So it's always like, okay, cool. You take this money out from an exchange, you put it in your wallet, but it's still in USDT, right? And then it's right. like, is this USDT 100% back? Is it collateralized? There was a point when, you know, I don't believe it was collateralized, uh, 100% collateralized. I think they even came out and said it, it was not 100% collateralized. Uh, it was somewhat partially collateralized, uh, which which is obviously starts, you know, getting into some almost, uh, uh, you know, fractional reserve banking areas. But the last time they, re- I think a couple of months ago, they, they released their balance sheets um, and uh, 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 the CEO of Extra, the company I, I used to work at, um, uh, and, and, you know, Wayne is a, just a brilliant, brilliant CEO. Uh, and, and he, he, uh, actually researched and, and really dug into the financials of USDD because he's one of those really detail oriented guys. Uh, and, and he came out saying that essentially that they were over collateralized and, and, uh, and I'll tell you if, you know, if he says it, it's probably true. So, so after that, I felt a little bit better about USDT, but it's still up in the air about whether, you know, do I keep it in USDC? Do I keep it in USDT? You can't keep it in UST because that's right. Like we all saw how that, that turned out. So, I mean, you know, even when it comes to stable coins, you, it's like, do you use a centralized stable coin like Tether, which is, you know, fairly centralized or do you use an, you know, an algorithmic stable coin, which in theory shouldn't collapse. But by the way, you know, the exact same reason Luna collapsed was was the reason that pretty much every other algorithmic stable coin has failed too. So like that's like a fatal flaw uh, that they've right. really never they've really never figured out how to do. Like as in when when the situation becomes too lopsided, the suggestion is 
you know, when you're close enough to like a situation where they're both uh, uh, worth about the same, you, you like where you have one token and then it swaps out for like a, a stable coin, like a one token and that, that works as a pair. Uh, that works until, you know, you're, you're, you're too far away. And then after that, it's like the, the motivations are literally flipped. And this has always been an issue with stable coins, with algorithmic stable coins. Uh, but but nobody's quite figured it out. But, and, and the flip side of using an algorithmic stablecoin is then using you know a, a centralized stablecoin. And then you start wondering about well, hey, what's the point of talking about you know uh, Bitcoin being decentralized when the number one pair on exchanges worldwide is USDT BTC, right? I mean, if if without USD without without the USDT pair, you you would literally see a collapse in crypto markets worldwide just because of the pair missing, right? right. Right. So it's just exactly. it's just in terms of volumes. So it's like you have like a highly highly centralized like uh, digital currency which behaves as a stable coin which flips back and forth into uh, Bitcoin. You know, which again is is just sort of mind blowing. And then of course some people have done some research about how when there's increased stable coin when there's increased USDT in the system, you know, Bitcoin's price goes up to soak that up. Uh, and I mean, it's it make, it'll make your it'll make your head spin really if you start, you know, going down the rabbit hole of uh, you know stable coins and and what is exactly stable and and, and how do you keep everything everything safe? I mean, I use uh, well, Coin Metro again. Yeah, it's up to people for, to choose their own exchanges. But I happen to uh, uh, have worked very closely with Kevin Merkel for a TV show for um, for a crypto show. And so, um, yeah, I feel I feel feel comfortable with, with my with at least some of my crypto there. But I think for the most part, is I mean, it doesn't work. The not your keys, not your crypto thing doesn't work if you if you're actively trading that, trading those funds, right? Because you need to have it on exchange to trade. But I think from what I've seen, I've been looking at the numbers recently that there's been massive exchange outflows, uh, as in just people taking money off exchanges. I think the, in fact, the total number of coins transferred last, uh, over the last 24 hours have increased by 15%, just pretty large. And active addresses, the active Bitcoin addresses over the last 24 hours has increased by 150%. Wow. So that's some food for thought, right? I mean, people yeah. are moving this, this around all over the place. So, and, it, and it's funny because I was looking at, uh, sort of exchange reserves and exchange reserves are actually down 5.78%, which indicates normally like, you know, when exchange reserves are down, normally the reason they're down is because people are taking their funds off exchanges, which means that there's a potential for Bitcoin to like pop up. But in this, and, but in this case, if you look at the exchange net flow total, net deposits on exchanges are all are high. So it makes you wonder how it is that net deposits on exchanges are high, but the exchange reserves are continue to fall. I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, where is all where is all this Bitcoin going then? I mean, other than it's you know maybe being moved off chain or something. That's the only thing I can think of. It's just weird. I'm just looking at these. I'm just looking at some numbers, uh, some statistics for Bitcoin right now. But anyways. What 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 do you so since we're getting close to like the the end uh, last couple of minutes uh, why don't you sum up uh, you know any of your thoughts uh, uh, and and you know then we'll put a final point to it and and uh, and uh, from well there. my 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 summation for everybody is that um, you know the, this looks like a big deal and it is a big deal and a lot of people lost a lot of money. 
Uh, they lost it with Luna, you know, they lost it with now with FTX. Um, and, but it doesn't take away from the promise of, of this invention, you know, cryptocurrency or blockchain or whatever, however you want to, uh, call it that it's still going to move forward. So we just need to learn our lessons and, um, you know, I'm, thank God I didn't have any money on FTX, but, uh, but a lot of people did and, and, you know, learn our lessons. It's, it's like, and, and regulation is not necessarily bad over regulation is, um, and, uh, and, and it's going to evolve, but they can't, in my opinion, I mean, the, when I learned first learned about blockchain and crypto, except for thinking that Bitcoin was a Ponzi scheme, I told all my friends, um, who were investing in it. Uh, and then I, then I looked at the technology and I'm like, this is a real invention. This is, this is something, you know, that, that they can't reverse well, the whole thing was government regulation could, could potentially, uh, you know, could hurt it, um, could, and, and we see that in China, but it still doesn't stop it. So the overall thing is it's, it's such an efficient system. Decentralization is so important, which would have never happened. Uh, FTX, all these companies would have never happened. Uh, Luna would have, but um, but the centralized exchanges to, to to know that when you put your money in one of these exchanges, some person has control of your money, and that person might not be regulated. So I think that's the thing. But it's not going to stop what we're doing. The whole the whole ability to crowd crowdfund good projects and have a new way like Adlunum has to have a proof of attention, proof of involvement in the project. Uh, is is just going to grow. So that's my my uh, kind of summation, Jason. Well, thank you for that, Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that you know the the crypto industry is is resilient. It's proved incredibly resilient. It's taken massive hits, and we're still at you know uh, seventeen. What is it? Seventeen five right now. Sixteen sixteen five. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think I think that uh, that that we're fairly resilient uh, as 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 a even though it's a nascent industry. And I think that you know, crypto and uh, and these and launchpads in particular still have a place. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 optimistic to see kind of uh, let's let's hope that contagion is is it's contained to the best of our ability. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, thank you so much, Lawrence, for your thoughts. Uh, and yeah, that's one uh, one more exciting uh, uh, episode of Crypto Now. Okay, well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, tune tune in same time, uh, same bad channel next time. And uh, look forward to, to uh, having you again on diving into crypto. Okay, thank you, Jason. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 